and three. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. If there's truth in advertising, I think we're going to contribute to some of the negativity in this town sucking. Uh, welcome to Entitled Town. My name is Mike Irons. Scartzi is here, and a veteran Patriots postgame show caller Mike on Route 1 is with us. Uh, you might know him better as in this town. Uh, Mike, how you doing? Welcome to the show. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm well, and I do apologize for the <clears throat> the voice this evening. I'm one of the many millions of New Englanders who've been afflicted by pennant fever. So uh, by the end of this, I should sound like uh, I should sound like Scarzi's former protege there um, on the, the the website. And uh, uh, so yeah, but uh, it's it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we know that the true entitled town is actually Haverhill, Massachusetts, and unrelated news. Scarzi, how do you think you're going to feel on Sunday? I've, I go back and forth. It's, you know, my level of enmity for Team Brady rises every day. I just don't know how I'm going to feel Sunday. What do you think you're going to be feeling come Sunday night? I think I'm just going to be uh, happy that it's going to be over. And um, mostly after that, I'll be looking forward to the rematch in four years because we know that uh, Tom is going to play until he's 50 now. So I got that to look forward to, unless, of course, uh, the National Football League accedes to uh, Peter King's wishes and just starts assigning football games at random because of cool matchups. Fairness bowl kind of thing. Exactly. Mike, on Tuesday, Albert Breer tweeted that he grew up in New England and he lived here most of his life, except when he was you know, menacing people in the Midwest. Uh, he doesn't know a single person who rooted against Brady even once over the last year. The fans are rooting for the Patriots, but they're definitely not rooting against Brady. Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. I think there's three of us here who feel that way. Um, you, you had a great line in a conversation we had in the past year, and you said, you know what, Tommy, see you at the Red Jacket ceremony. Uh, give me a, a bit of your timeline and your feeling and falling out of love with, uh, with Brady. One, one time he was on, his favorite ring was the next one. Now it's the TB12 experience, and it's a little bit dis it, distasteful for me. But what say you? Yeah, and I, I, I was, I'm hoping Bert was wearing his uh, his Pistons his Pistons hat and his his Bills starter jacket um, while he tweeted that um, because that would that would be appropriate. Yeah. So I, you know, the funny thing I think for me is that my buddies used to give me a hard time and joke that if Brady and Bill split up, I'd go with Tom because I basically defended his every move on the field. We all and, did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I always said there was no chance that would happen. And of course, flash forward to the Super Bowl, and I'm drinking bleach and rooting for Pat Mahomes and they're, they're cheering for Tampa. But, you know, I think for me, it was just, I, I suspected quite quickly um, that it was going to be a referendum on, on bill. Um, and, you know, absent media and, and fans uh, I'd have no problem wishing Tom well. Um, but, you know, it's just, and there are absent the, the, the things, the on the field stuff, um, as far as Tom goes, it is interesting to take a step back now um, and kind of see what other people saw. And I hate yeah. to, to do that. You know, you look at, um, 
I went through the Wickersham article again last night and I was like, oh, shit, there's some stuff in here that I agree with now. Um, and that's unfortunate, you know, and the one thing that sticks out to me is, is the, the, a friend that was, it was listed as, you know, Wickersham cited it as a friend and, and, he, and the friend said, Tom has changed. And um, I kind of, I, 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 I don't know if he changed for me, but I see, I'm seeing what other people saw now. So I see the, the snake oil thing. And there's a lot yeah. of, you know, I watched today that the Jeff Darlington tease for Sunday with Tom talking about, oh, I can just envision what it's going to be like. I can see it. I know it. And it was just, it was like that Tom Cruise, that leaked Scientology video with the cheesy knockoff Mission Impossible baseline playing under. And if you threw that underneath that Brady clip today, it would be, it would be eerily similar. And so there's just a lot of things there that I'm seeing now. Um, and I don't like, I don't like that I feel this way, uh, but yeah. uh, here, here we are. There's a TV show, How I Met Your Mother, had this thing years ago where you, you see something for the first time that you were blind to. It's like the, the glass breaking moment. And then every you can't unsee it. And it kind of makes sense. It's like me with the Botox and the hair plugs and the Just for Men that I, that I referenced earlier. But Scartelli, uh, you're Tom Sr.'s biggest fan. Uh, what's your timeline with falling out of love with uh, Brady? Uh, I think it started with the... Uh... <clears throat> With the Mopey, uh, the Mopey, Mopey season, the Mopey Tom season, where things didn't go well, where, you know, Antonio Brown went crazy. Sur surprise, surprise, where yeah. uh, everything, things didn't go well. And instead of uh, drawing on that uh, well-known deep, uh, deep reserve of, uh, you know, grit and determination, he basically gave up on the season. He checks out. He was the most oh. miserable 8-0 quarterback. You know, again, I, I would have denied it at the time, and I, and I did publicly. I, I mean, my brother probably vouched for it, which is why everything went sideways in 2012. But I agree with you. I'm the mi most miserable undefeated quarterback in, in the history of football, kind of telling in and of itself. And I, I would argue, uh, Mike, that he had one foot out the door even before the 2019 season began. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that the people, I think a lot of the people miss the media uh, and fans when, you know, why didn't, why didn't Bill commit? Well, you know, here's a guy who, who goes and talks, tells the national broadcast team that he's miserable. And <clears throat> look, there were circumstances around that. Apparently he was being frozen out of game planning and things like that. You know, that's, that's one side of the story, but uh, to expect to get, get the, the breeze deal, the two for 50 guaranteed, um, you know, why, why would Bill commit to that when a guy is clearly miserable, clearly moping, uh, telling people he's miserable, um, every sending up all these red yeah. flags, that that's the case. So why, you know, it takes two to tango here. I agree. And, you know, I, in, with the benefit of hindsight, I think a lot of the things that came out in media about, you know, I reel about the weapons thing going on. Here's just a partial list of players that were added in Brady's last four years in New England to help him out on the skill position. We see what's happening in Tampa. He's getting whatever he wants. Brown, Gronkowski, Fournette, et cetera. They re-signed Godwin. Um, this is what Bill brought in for Tom over the last four years in New England. Martellus Bennett, Brandon Cooks, Philip Dorsett, Kenny Britt. I've forgotten they've gotten Kenny Britt. Josh Gordon. Demarius Thomas, Sony Michelle, first round pick. Nikhil Harry, say what you will. He was a first round pick. Cordero Patterson, Muhammad Sanu, and Antonio Brown. If you look at that on paper, Scarzi, I mean, that's a pretty 
good laundry list of what they tried to do to make Tom happy. The Sanu one, most egregiously, you know, they went and got his handpicked guy and it didn't work out. Hey, that's exactly right. The whole thing, uh, the, the, I think part of the worst part of all this going through is that to survive this, I'm having to go through the same, uh, the same footsteps as the folks who have been doing the, well, these are the reasons that Peyton is really better than uh, Tom Brady with the, well, Tom always had a top five or top 10 defense. And he's been, you know, he always had uh, a great kicker like Adam Vinatieri, things like that, where the, 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 it's just a, uh, it's just unbelievable nonsense that uh, Bill didn't do anything over 20 years to try and build up the team around Tom to make sure that to put uh, the team in the best position to win week in and week out. I, I think this whole notion of this being a uh, referendum on Brady or Belichick would be easier to deal with if both teams were two and one right now, but they're not. But the Patriots have played uh, one good game and two bad games. You play a bad game and you're going to lose in this league. Mike, how much of Peyton Manning's experience in Denver becoming the shadow GM, uh, the stat-humping shadow GM, plays into Brady kind of wanting to emulate that? I, I think it is uh, – my suspicion is that it is more, it is more about um, wanting the things that he had in – not didn't have in new England. If Peyton Manning didn't have that experience in Denver, my suspicion is that it still would be the case um, because now it's, it's, it's Tom gets it his way. And it is pretty, I think it's pretty um, when you have the pick of where you want to go and choosing the best case scenario in, in the short term, he made, he obviously made the right choice because right. they were ready to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, in comparing the two, you know, Patriots in Tampa, where they're at on their current um, kind of development trajectories, you know, the Patriots are are on a different timeline. And, and part of that is, you know, left holding the, the dead money from Tom in, yes. a, uh, in a year where they didn't have much cap space to, get, to begin with as a result of going in the previous you know, six years. So, <clears throat> that, you know, that I, I think I think absent even without Peyton Manning. Uh, say absent more, by the way, um, even without Peyton Manning in Denver, um, that it would, this would have happened wherever he went. And I think he, he wanted this and he, he thinks he was owed it. Um, well, look, he, he thinks he, yeah. Go ahead. Well, Scott, if, I can, uh, if I can uh, tag in here, I've used this analogy before, but Tampa to Tom was George Costanza looking at uh, Kruger industrial smoothing and realizing he could run hog wild there because there was no structure whatsoever. That's, that's actually a great comparison. That's a great That's comparison. A you know, it's, what Brady's doing, it's a little bit of the NBA quote-unquote player empowerment thing where he's bringing to the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson did it over the past year. They're trying to get to their preferred destinations. Rodgers is going to be done in Green Bay like after this year, like Brady was in New England in 2019. And I'll be curious to see how the whole Russell Wilson thing plays out because Seahawks are one and two. Um the shoe pissing here in the Pacific Northwest is at an all-time high, which, uh, spoiler alert, I'm loving. Um, but it, it's it's curious. It's distasteful and curious at the same time. Um, Mike, you brought this up in our thread. Was it Frank from Gloucester or Al from Everett who pur purchased that billboard out on Route 1? Butch uh, from the Cape, hopefully. Yeah, and, I guess, and hopefully, I, I, hopefully I Frank like is Butch no longer with us either. 
uh, hopefully like Butch from the case and Frank from Gloucester six feet under sometime soon. But uh, the owl is no longer wise without his goat. You know, when you're going full run board, just stealing ideas from the dildo tossers and the, the folding table murderers in Buffalo. I mean, you're really exposing your psychosis. I mean, this is this is the toxic nature of Boston media portraying itself onto the fans, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So I think kind of why I wanted to discuss this is because it, to me, is um, indicative of a, a certain subset of Patriots fans that are uh, kind of broken out in different uh, ways when it comes to this Brady thing. So you get the low information people. That's like your uncles on Facebook or um, you know, <laughs> right, pe- right. People that are Brady fans for clout. It's it's a cool thing to do. And that's the, the performative fanning types like the lady who does the office trivia. Um, and then there's, I think, kind of the high, high information types. And I use that term rather generously to mean they consume a lot of Patriots information. It's just really they're um, you know, like the, this guy with the press release build himself as a sports radio caller. I have no I- idea. I have, I have no doubt that he was a big that's on Tom guy. And for those that aren't aware what that means, it's kind of shorthand for the types of Patriots fans in media who whenever Brady would throw an interception when he was here, they would yes. fall all over themselves stumbling to uh, you know to the internet to declare that that's on Tom, and it was always sm- uh, it was this kind of smug satisfaction of ah, not so perfect now are you are you golden boy? So I think I think that's you know this is that type of fan is the latter here. It's that that people that that just you know they live this kind of information of of online and in sports radio, and that's what they consume, and it, it warps their brains. And, um, you know, it's kind of like these people that fall down these these QAnon um, rabbit holes on YouTube. It, it, it's what sports has done to their brains. And it's totally warped and, and distorted them. Yeah, they're looking for social media clout and, and points and, you know, maybe their only fans account to get some publicity. Scartsy, uh, b- the billboard. I mean, come on. I'd like to ask a practical question. Is there some sort of sub Aesopian fable about the owl and the goat that I haven't heard of? Because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. This is in, uh, you know, you should be wearing the bucket then territory. <laughs> it, 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 if you're going to analogize something, use an analogy that people have used before. This it, that That's the most, that's certainly in the top three or four of most bothersome things about this. Um, I think the top one is the fact that he sent out a press release on this. Is that what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes, he did. Uh, where he called himself a, the gossip girl of Boston sports or some such nonsense. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't it, make a lot of sense to me. I would it, ju- I'm, I'm just asking the question, Carl. Is this guy using the owl and goat? Does he have a fetish for barnyard animals? I'm just asking the question. <laughs> Go ahead, Scarty. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's... Death to all celebrity callers. Yeah, celebrity callers might be the lowest form of life other than uh, WEI midday hosts. Mike, how many calls did you make on behalf of Kurt Minahan to the Gresham Teeth Show? <laughs> I made zero. And and, and I, I know Scartsy is happy, happy with that. He's, he's you know, he, he doesn't understand that that world. Um, and uh, I don't blame him. So, yeah. One of the, my favorite features of the sports chunk draw is the low key dismissiveness of the Minahan show and the Minifans in general. So, uh, Scarter, we're looking forward to the uh, the next drunk draw. Uh, go ahead. I uh, I missed the uh, whole uh, 
I was on uh, one of my extended Irish vacations when uh, Kirk got uh, sent away. So I, 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 I was not, uh, I was not uh, catching that whole thing live. So it's sort of, it, it's lost on me is what it comes down to. But speaking that's of, neither here nor there. Speaking of Kirk, will there be a, a red line a service update in uh, tomorrow's Sports Junk Dura? It, it all just depends on uh, how the MDBTA is doing, but it's, it's one of those things. People love the MBTA updates in the sports junk drawer. I might be someone's only source of uh, MBTA root information aside besides from the rest that, of the internet. Besides that and the rest of the internet, of course. Uh, Mike, you know I have an unhealthy obsession with almost the coach Greg Bedard. Uh, Bedard, Volan, and Gasper are the local media's holy trinity of suck. Um, we, we've all been friendly to some degree at one point in time with Tom Curran. Curran seems, Curran is certainly in one camp. I think we, despite his protestations, I think we can all agree that what's happened to Curran. Is it, it just, is there an expiration date in covering that team or has he just gotten too far into one camp? Um, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, um, you know, I don't like anyone in the Boston sports media as a general rule. Um, you know, if Mike Reese wasn't a nice guy, I'd probably just, you know, think his vanilla middle of the road reporting was was crap. And but he's a nice guy, so I won't say that. But um, I like Tom Curran. I think he's a he's a generally fun guy. Yes. And um, but I do think that um, he he definitely has gone down a road here um, when it comes to this Brady, the Brady situation. And I don't I, I don't necessarily um, I don't think it's a Tom senior thing or anything like that. Um, my you know, I, I think he probably does have some sources in the, um, in the, in the Brady camp other than that. And um, he gets a certain point of view and, and I, and he talks to people in the organization as well. That yes. said, I think he's more uh, persuaded by the side um, of the, of the Brady ledger they, they've, they have certainly gotten um, their message across to him and he is happy to do that. Um, you know, I guess tip of the cap to him. He was, you know, an early adopter of there is a problem here in, in late 17, early 18. Yep. Um, so he gets credit for that. But I do think, sure, with that and possibly, and I just I'm speculating here, um, you know, maybe that potentially leads um, you know, Bill to not maybe talk to him as much as he might have in the past. Um, right. so I don't know. I, 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 it's all speculation, but it is disappointing to see a guy who I thought played it fairly straight. And I still think he, he's not making things up. Um, but when you, when he characterizes it as one side as, as spin and the other yes. side as, as, um, uh, as fact, as what happened, um, eh, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. I think it's confirmation bias. I mean, he's, he's, he's probably doing the work. And I think that he believes what he says, which makes him different from a lot of the other people in Boston sports media, in my opinion, Scartsy, um, TC, uh, what say you about, uh, current? Oh, I'm in a violent agreement with, uh, Mike on route one here. Uh, I know that, uh, know that Tom is a fan of the sports junk drawer, but that, uh, that doesn't mean that we can't give him, uh, you know, appropriate amount of static for what we see as, uh, implicit bias in his coverage due to uh due to where he gets his uh facts from tough but fair it's the 15 way um mike i'm curious and this is totally off the cuff here 
Um, well, I wrote it down. I just didn't reveal it to you ahead of time. On a scale of one to 10, how excited are you about the many saints of Newark coming out? Are you, do you have concerns or worries? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I think the reviewers are not afraid to come into, um, onto my internet and uh, punch me in the mouth because it's not so much that the reviews are, um, you know, are bad so far at all. Um, but it's just the red flags are there. Um, and I don't know. Um, I don't know. I suspect I'll enjoy it, but yeah, I would say I, I I'm pretty concerned at the moment, just given like, I, it's not, um, knocking, you know, they're, they're, they're not knocked over by it. It's, you know, sitting at 77% right now, Ooh. which is good. But I, th- I think I'm, I, I think I will like it because of the Easter eggs, but yeah, I, it's not going to be what I thought it was, which is, you know, a, a life altering um, return to, to North Jersey, but um, I, I will take what I can get. And I think I, I'm Gandolfini's kid looks amazing. So I, I think it'll be worth it for that. What did you think of the Irishman? Uh, okay. It was okay. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, for me. I agree. It was a lot. It, 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 it was too much. And I, I, I haven't watched it again. So that, I guess that kind of, um, you know, speaks for itself. It was probably four episodes rather than one four hour extravaganza. Exactly. Yeah. Scarzi, um, the many saints of Newark's any opinion, any thoughts on it? You're on mute Scarzi. I have, uh, I have no strong feelings uh, either way on this. It does look, uh, I find it strange that uh, one of the reviewers was there. Well, this is more like a movie than a television, multi-episode television <laughs> series. <laughs> oh, big, you, you think so, doctor? I but, thought it was uh, funny. You guys follow Adnan Verk at all? Adnan Verk is Mike Lombardi's uh, co-host on the GM Shuffle. He also hosts a podcast called Cinephile. He went to the premiere in North Jersey. And I hope they didn't shine a black light where he was sitting because holy shit, uh, he went overboard about it. He kind of made me optimistic about it, but you know, Mike, I don't share your optimism for, uh, I, I shouldn't say that your optimism. I'm a little bit worried about the young Gandolfini's performance. I think everyone wants to fall over themselves about him playing young Tony, but you know, I'll watch it Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Um, one last question, Mike, re- regarding, um, you know, just entertainment movies. What did you most enjoy during lockdown? What did you binge and what did you most enjoy during lockdown? Oh, I mean, we, I think probably, I, I guess, um, I, I, th- I thought that, um, you know, Cobra Kai is, I think, one of the great TV experiences of all time. It's just <laughs> the greatest. And, I, you know, in honor of Mr. Lawrence, I am drinking a, a Coors original right now. Uh, it just we, we watched it probably four times throughout throughout the pandemic. Really? Uh, straight through. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's the funniest goddamn thing. Um, but other than that, I thought the writing on Mare of Town was just uh, unbelievable, and Kate Winslet was awesome, and just she was great. So th- I think those two are are the top for me. And um, you know, next week we've got you coming back out um, at two weeks, I think, um, which we I really enjoyed the first two seasons of that as well as the trashy, soapy uh, high town on stars, which is the, uh, the Cape, the Cape based drug um, drama, which is, is total trash. Like who played Loiko network, but it's, it's fun. Lots of Brockton and things like that in there too. So it, it's, it's a, it's a good watch. Uh, oh, I'm, like I'm, trash. I'm writing this down now. I'm Brockton trash. So I can relate to that. Scarcy, uh, any recommendations you have for uh, our, our dozens of listeners regarding, your favorite watch during lockdown? 
Oh, geez. I, uh, I am, you know, I am just roads behind when it comes to this. I'm still watching uh, the boys and uh, I know that, uh, and uh, the man in the high castle, I, I'm, yeah. I'm fully, fully prepared to be disappointed in it, but I, you know, the atmosphere, they got the atmosphere, right. Seeing, you know, things like Nash metropolitans on the street and things like that. Uh, yeah, that, I love that, that shit. I love that. That, shit. that impresses me. This, uh, the, so uh, that's, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I've been watching Seinfeld and Cheers reruns, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a mid-basic bitch when it comes to that. Mike, are you down to do some uh, indoctrination by rapid fire? Oh, yes. I've been, <clears throat> I've been waiting. All right. So I think Scarzi may have a couple coming in, but I'll, I'll start off. Oh, yes. You take, be- you take lead on this one. I will. I will. What's the better Twitter bromance? Upton with Bootsy or Upton with Kevin Peters? <laughs> uh, I- I, I can't stand Upton Bell. It, it's, it's just so, it's so, it kills me. Like, I won't, like, I, I can't read it. I just, it, it makes me really annoyed. But <laughs> is it funnier that he thinks this guy is, is Mike Barnacle or is it funny that this guy, this other random person gets this, uh, this attention from, from the former Patriots uh, general manager? I don't, it, it's, it's a push, but they're both hilarious. I, but I, gun, gun to head like um, that poor person on the uh, the Iroquois. Um, I, I go with. with <laughs> oh, okay. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Hey, Linda, where were you? Anyway, um, more useless Breer or Rappaport. Oh, geez, that's well. There's actually mantle maze right there. There's actual things that that Rappaport reports, but would they? I mean, even if he he loses the race, you know, uh, it'll it'll we'll, we'll know the, what the the story is within you know thirty seconds when Schefter tweets it. So I mean, he has better sources, obviously. Right. Uh, doesn't make maybe he doesn't have sources in the building, but Breer is pretty unbelievably useless. It's really it's really a testament to his. Um, falling upwards and, and sideways through many, many careers um, with his, you know, fortunately for him, it was um, prior to the Me Too era when he broke in, but, um, you know, flapping his, his, his wang all over Chittenden. Is that the name of that street? Chittenden, I believe. Um, but uh, it's a Ch- matter of public Ch- record. Yeah. The, the records right. are not sealed. Right. <laughs> yes. And his defense, his, his defense <laughs> <That's> <laughs> unbelievable. case law with a Vietnam veteran who had a, uh, you know, one of those pocket uh, pisser things. <laughs> no one more useless than that guy. And it's, it, it makes me laugh how, how useless he is. So I oh, do. Let's, let's compare him. and contrast the uh, previous, you know, MMQB guy, say what you will about Peter King, but he works. He spent not uh, 24, not 48, but 50 hours in New England getting the feel for people you know, on who was on Tom's side and who wasn't. Whereas Breer, like we mentioned earlier, was just, I don't know anyone who was rooting against uh, Tom. (laughs) Way to put the effort in there. You spoiled rich kid. Yeah, daddy's checkbook is proof it can go a long way when you're, like Mike says, you're you're falling falling upstairs, born on third base and thought he hit a triple. Uh, Mike, who's immediate who never fails to trigger you? Um, well, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't answer. I shouldn't answer Breer because, but I do have a special relationship with him. It's like, it's like the U S and the UK. We, we have a special relationship, um, just because he never fails to just set me off. But, um, these days 
boy, Chris Gasper is just, yes. he's, he's like secretary at the Belmont right now. Um, and he's, he's still going to the whip. Just awesome. How unbelievably triggering he is. It's the phony, the phony intelligent, uh, yes. just stop. Like just re, he just randomly retweets things too, that are just like not worth retweeting and he'll retweet them because he thinks it's like, he's like this news, like, guy like it's just it's gross like everything he does so yeah he totally triggers the hell out of me he's a I'm, forward- I'm, I'm triggered i'm triggered like joe bird when i read his when i read his <laughs> timeline <laughs> yeah he's a faux intellectual he might be the biggest dummy out of all of them i mean with volan bedard and gasper the answer is who's the dumbest the answer is yes all right so i got an over under of 0.5 what's the amount of barstool merch in your house um i perhaps I so uh, it's not a, it, I had the towel. I had the clown nose towel from the too. opener. Several of them, um, which I drove down to get um, so I could distribute in the parking lot, which is that's a low moment for me as a as a person. Um, it's a safe space. Uh, Don't worry about it. Please yeah, share with the group. So um, I th- that would be it. I think I I wouldn't. Oh, I, this is this is the most embarrassing. I'll tell you this. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I lost it at a, at the last bachelor party that I went to in 2015. Um, as a joke, I did purchase prior to this bachelor party a um, a MAGA hat, and I wore it as a joke. This was like, uh, you know, it was after the descending the staircase and things like that. But prior to, I think the um, I like you know war I will I like uh, prison, yeah, war heroes that weren't captured. So prior to that, so um, but I did have the I did have the MAGA hat that I bought from Barstool. And that's the only I don't have it anymore, but that's the only thing I've ever purchased from Barstool. Well, our, our media burner friends are going to use this as further proof of the blatant racism going on inside the 15. All right, we're going to get to my boilerplate uh, Patriots questions here a little bit. Uh, Antoine Smith, Corey Dillon, or LeGarrette Blunt? Wow. Um, you know, I, th- I throw out Smith. Um, I, you know, I, I think I would go with, just, just for peak, you got to go with Dillon. I mean, that was... He was transformative that year. Um, uh, Blunt is pretty unbelievable what yes. he what he was able to do. Um, insanely impressive. Um, just watching him run away from Indiana- Indianapolis Colts will never um, never get old. But yeah, the, Dylan in 04 was unbelievable. You know that that, that dive toward the pylon um, against Indy in the divisional yep. was uh, that's awesome. And never get better than that. Falker James White. Okay, so I, you know, Flock was better running the ball, and but just what White has done in the biggest of spots, mm-hmm. I, I take White. You know, um, you know, Flock was unbelievable at every, at, you know, really in all three phases that you want from that running, catching, and, and pass protection. Um, I just I think what what White did in open what White has done in open space is just unbelievable and yeah, you know yeah. and tom curran saying that he tom that brady made him was just just a joke and you could see that this year when he's playing with a real quarterback who could actually throw the ball correct so yeah i, I take jimmy white james white always a shoestring tackle away <laughs> troy brown Wes welker or edelman uh i so i um i actually i tend to rate troy brown lower than most Really, Patriots fans, and probably way lower, lower than he deserves to be, only because, um, you know, only because of the the 
playing dancing for Felgris nickels and that that's always yeah. such an unforgettable thing it clouds everything like Ty Law to me Ty Law was like you know um you know some some scrub in my mind now but you know brown troy brown to me the the emblematic play for him was the punt return that was called back against the eagles it was like when you would play like playstation the um and you hear r2 he was like an r2 that was that was unbelievable he was so good but and welker catch the ball yeah edelman to me is the ultimate patriot he is the the mike the mike the teddy brewski of of um <clears throat> of the offense um uh, everything that you want in a football player, the perfect football player, um, tough, yep. dependable, came up in the big spots, an unbelievable teammate, uh, every, everything, everything you would want in a football player. And I, I'd take him and, um, you know, you're playing against the aliens. That's the guy I want, you know, um, lining up and he would, you know, eat the field uh, for a first down. So absolutely. All right. We just referenced an oblique reference to Bill Simmons there. So uh, well played. Who's your favorite player of the Belichick era? non-Brady division we're all anti-Brady right now but who's your favorite right um yeah it's it's going to be the whitest answer ever um you know it's probably Bruschi followed by Edelman and but Willie's up there as well Willie has been the greatest soldier the greatest advocate for for this team for uh, you know and and to me illustrates you know how a guy can leave in under not the best of circumstances and understand you know what it meant to be here and, and what things and why things were done the way they were. So those three guys to me will always kind of be at the top. Um, and yeah, Edelman to me uh, on the offensive side of the ball is the best, you know, and then also I think kind of maybe um, in that group is, um, is probably slates and in uh, McCourt slates were friends uh, Slater and, and McCourty <laughs> just because right. of what they represent. Um, it built they're build guys, they're program guys, uh, for the entirety of their career. And it's just great. So, uh, those are the five, those are my five. That's McGinnis, my McGinnis, McCourty and Slater are great answers and something quite frankly, I wouldn't thought about, uh, McGinnis left him. Mean, he got paid in Cleveland. He wanted to stay and, you know, he's never, unlike some other parties to my recollection, I don't think he's ever bad mouth, uh, the franchise of Belichick in particular, uh, Cronella, Patricia. Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go rack just based on, on, yep. you know, it, it's a, it's a production game, right? It, it, you know, um, there's no right answer, but that's the right answer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it just makes, you know, and nothing makes me happier. The, one of the things that makes me happy is the shot at the end of, of, of 39 of, of, of Cornell, um, Weiss and Belichick hugging. That was the greatest. Yep. Just, the end of the end of 39, um, um, uh, America's game that gets me right in the, balls every time ah that's that that'll get me that gets it was me. the perfect bow on that era of patriot football yeah. that was it was that was a special year you referenced Dil- uh, well i referenced dylan earlier you answered it correctly uh even though i love blount dylan was the, the just the the bow on the package that was the 2004 patriots i mean they won the super bowl with two guys in 03 not eclipsing 650 yards rushing with falk and antoine smith on his last leg so uh in that vein, Weiss or McDaniels? Oh boy, um, you know. So I, I think one of the things that Josh probably has is longevity. Yep. Um, and but he also had the advantage of playing with peak Brady, who kind of had the answers to the test. Yep. Um, so you know, 
degree of difficulty. Um, I don't know who, who had it more, who did more with less. And that probably is Weiss based on some of, I would say, you know, really the first two Super Bowl winners of, of 36 and 38 um, wasn't the prototypical um, weapons uh, and, you know, not, a, not a lot at tight ends, um, you know, good, good, solid guys, but not exactly, um, you know, your, your yep. um, Hernandez and Gronk guys. So I, I guess I, I have to give it to, um, to Weiss just because of, of what they were um, able to do with less. And I'm a big, I'm a big second dynasty guy. Um, I think again, cause I think a lot of people are nostalgic for the first dynasty and I'm a big second dynasty guy, but I think I go with Weiss just based on, on what he was able to do with, with, I think not Pete Tom Brady. Agreed. Um, my brother's re- relentless vouching aside, what was the worst in title town vouch? My vouch for Don Darrow or Dave's vouch for Evan Lazar? Well, Evan Lazar is pretty bad because <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm sure I, I thought that, um, that, that Don Darrow was, was funny when he was making fun of, um, Kirk Minahan. So, um, I, I, you know, that's probably a vouch. Um, so I have to protect myself there, but Evan Lazar is so full of shit, like, like <laughs> squirrel routes and like robber barons, violent hands, <laughs> the Vanderbilt coverage, like, Oh gosh, just stop. Like you want, you took an online course. Congratulations. Uh, what's your most loathed opponent in the Belichick area? What team did you fucking hate? Year, year, or, or 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 continuously. You choose. Okay, uh, Steelers will probably always be at the top because of their stupid fans and the holier than thou attitude of the organization. Um, and that that's 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 like the lifetime achievement. Um, they yes. get the lifetime achievement, and then some iteration of the of the Colts um, would probably be um, would be up there, and I, I guess because those games were just so like it, it was not enjoyable at all i didn't enjoy I, the 06 afc championship game was just oh. anxiety i hated that shit um so yeah i would say the probably the 06 colts overall my my, my most loathed franchise of my life if you kind of did a um a weighted average would probably be the denver broncos just because i hated them so much when i was a kid we never beat i hated the Pats never beat elway never beat elway yeah. as a player yeah Yep. So I, I hated, I, I've hated them probably, you know, longer than anyone else because they were good in two eras that I was a big fan. Um, so yeah, Bronco. So there's three teams there that are pretty good. And, if, you know, I have a half dozen others. Like right now, I, the coach um, Harborough and, and the Ravens are probably, you know, they're, they're yep. pretty close to the top. Yeah. Mosi Tatupu's fumble scarred me as a preteen that Den- Dennis fucking Smith can die in a fire as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you've been a long time season ticket holder. What's your favorite Gillette game? Good question. Um, I would say, uh, you know, Ravens divisional was unbelievable when McCourty picked the ball, um, after the, um, after the throw, after the, the Edelman touchdown, the, you know, in the cheap seats, um, the, the place was shaking the And if you, if you go, I don't know if it's still available on the all 22 on the game pass. I know there's issues with that. Now, if you go to the game pass and look at the, the, um, the view from the, um, the sideline view from the camera at the top of the stadium, it just, you can't see anything because the, ca- the camera was, they referenced that, that on the America's game for 2014. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so loud. That, that was, it was, that was loud. And that was, you know, it, the thing that's crazy, if you think back about it, we were, um, you know, the, the, we, holy shit, that was my first slip. That was my Simmons moment. So um, I'll take a lap, but 
the Patriots, you know, they were, <laughs> we were how much, how, how we're a decade removed from, uh, from, from a Super Bowl, from experiencing a Super Bowl. So if they had lost that game, that would have sucked. And, you know, Holy shit, going yeah. down, going down two scores twice was, uh, was something. So uh, that was great. And then I would also say doing it again, um, the, the Jags, um, the Jags AFC championship game was underrated. And lost. That, that was as, as like nervous as I've been. I was like looking down, like between plays, I was just, I looked down at my feet and just wait until the ball was going to be snapped. Cause I just didn't want to think about anything. That was, that was fun because you're like, Holy, I, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. And then Amandola caught that ball. It's just, that was fun. Those two were fun. And you're, um, this, this is like therapy for me. Cause I'm, I'm experiencing joy, um, you know, uh, because of things Tom Brady did. So this is, this is really productive here. You can let Scartsy know where we can send the bill for the therapy session. No big deal. Uh, let's, let's end on a positive note. What's your uh, Ravens game aside. What's your favorite Brady performance with new England? Uh, Kansas city. Oh, Kansas that, that city. game was a life experience. Yeah. That, that, that was so much fun. And that it just, and, and I, that was one of those ones where I thought going in, this is how they're going to play it. And they executed it perfectly. And the, the amount of third downs and fourth downs that they picked up, that, that was fun. That was, you know, going into the, into their house and punching them in the mouth. Um, that was, that was about as fun as it gets as a, as a sports fan. Um, I, I could replicate that. Um again uh and, and and die happy that that was that was as good as it gets right there you know they just doing that there and, and th- those fans and, and everybody and uh, that, that was a good one that was a that good environment one. that environment yeah the you referenced the uh we talked about the ravens game a short time ago that flacco hail mary the last play of the divisional game that ball in the air i i died 17 deaths waiting for that goal to fall short of the end zone and the fourth and one where sony michelle ran the touchdown in to put them in ahead late in the fourth quarter same thing fourth and one you know yeah sim simonsoni and we it's like man i mean we have been ridiculously blessed and i've been over that time and again uh the last question i have for you is uh regarding the game sunday the last rapid fire question is what time will you start drinking on sunday um let's see so i i did apple picking last saturday so i'm off the hook for that no would be fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right i don't know if there's a pumpkin walk or anything um scheduled um a a you know a, a corn cob um husk fesk but um i'm DJ thinking Dean that's gonna be know. noontime and no, noontime is is you know socially acceptable i think uh get the get the the smoked meat on and i think we're ready to go but yeah it's gonna be an early one and it's gonna you know send the kids to the to the neighbors daddy's coming home loaded Scarcy, what time will you be cracking your first one open Sunday? I think just uh, oh, probably noontime as well. That just seems seems appropriate. You know, you don't want to be uh, starting too too early. But well, you, I'll, have, I'll, you got you got to start sometime. I'll join in solidarity. I also will start drinking at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific <laughs> on Sunday. So uh, I'll have to let Shaq know ahead of time if we're going to record Sunday after the game. Spoiler: We won't be. Uh, Scarty, do you have any any uh, rapid fire for Mike? Oh, uh, just one. What do you think is worse, nostalgia bias or recency bias? <laughs> Great question. Um, you know, I it's to go back to our many saints of, of Newark. Um, 
conversation. Remember when is the lowest form of conversation yeah. as, as Tony <laughs> Sopranos so rightly put it in one of the great episodes with, with that feature Polly Wall that's watching Three's Company in this hotel room by himself and laughing. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I do think, you know, as, as much as we hate the, the millennials and, and people that, you know, the last thing, the last thing I saw, and, you know, this is, this is everything queen, um, nostalgia bias is a, is a problem um, in, in, in all walks of life, even I'm getting deep and philosophical here, but it, 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 it it's corrosive and it is, um, you know, and, and that's kind of why I do have a bias toward, I think the dynasty 2.0 in some ways um, as compared to other people, because I do think a lot of that is tinged with, with nostalgia and it was great and things in the past were great, but yeah, I, I'm a big, I'm a big um, anti-nostalgia bias, nostalgia bias guy, I think. I will remember that the next time I start waxing uh, about the 81 Celtics. When as you I send give you me shit Johnny Most YouTube, as I send you Johnny Most YouTube <laughs> clips, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, Scartelli, do you have a final thought before we wrap things up with Mike? Oh, I think I do. We've got to, to you know, there's a lot of fans who weren't around for the uh, beginning half of the dynasty there. So just, yes. uh, I'm getting. Maybe this is just me being hopeful, but I'm getting 2003 vibes to this season. You know, not doing great out of the start, but you know, a lot of things can happen. And for goodness sake, this is uh, Coach Belichick, Bill to you, me, everyone else. You know, he's he's the owl. He is going to figure out how to play this game. I, I we're not going to get into the X's and O's because I don't know the robber schemes and the I don't have violent hands. Uh, Mike, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? You know, I, I think it's um, I was I was reading this evening about um, Jim McBride had a thing in the Globe about um, talking to Stephen and Brian Belichick about their memories of, of yep. Brady. And I thought it was good. And, and they seemed very effusive and genuine in their praise. Um, I had no, no reason to doubt that that's um, the case. So I guess with that in mind, I'm going to resolve here and now to take, um, you know, if they're secure in their father's legacy, then I am. And yeah, screw everyone else. Uh, I don't like retroactively not enjoying so many great moments. Um, and this this vow that I'm making here will certainly last at least until tomorrow morning when I um, see what hell takes have been concocted while I sleep. So, but let's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about Sunday. I feel good about it and I'm going to try to enjoy it, actually. Any predictions on the flight, Clubber? <laughs> Pain? I don't, <laughs> I, hopefully, I hope. hopefully not. Um, Right, we don't want you to be the good German cheering for Brady, though. <laughs> no. Throw in a little victory there. Just yes. really, really, really just slather on the pop culture references. I don't want them to go full Rocky Four and have the, the Russians start rooting for Rocky at Foxborough on Sunday, because that will make me absolutely insane. Scartelli has, is the purveyor of the sports drunk draw. He's at Pat Scartell, the 15net.com. He is the editor. Mike on Route 1 is at In This Town 1 on Twitter. Mike, thanks for coming on. I'd also like to give a, a shout-out to the, all of the September 2021 burner Media Burner Brigade that follow the three of us in Monterey. Thank you for your interest, and you're totally not listening to this podcast. Uh, entitledtown at gmail.com is the email address. You know the Twitter account. And as always, turn off your radios. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.